Five times I have received 39 lashes from the Jews. Three times, three times, I have been beaten with rods. Once I even received a stoning. Three times I have been shipwrecked and I have spent a night and a day in the open sea. And along my journey, on several different journeys, I have encountered dangers, dangers in the river, dangers from robbers. I have received dangers even from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the open sea, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness. And I've even experienced dangers among false brothers. But even through all of this, all that I have gone through, I still have the constant pressure on me, which is the concern for all of the churches. They ask, who is weak? But am I not weak? They ask, who is to stumble, but am I not burning with indignation? Well, who am I? I'm Paul. And through all of this, I have actually learned the secret to being content. Isn't it amazing, church, that the same man who wrote those words which we find in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 is also the same man that writes the most joyful letter in the Bible. Why don't you read that letter with me? It's, it's found in the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter, starting at the, the 10th verse. Let's, let's read this, this letter together. It says, I have rejoiced in the Lord greatly because once again you renewed your care for me. You were in fact concerned about me but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know both how to make do with little and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Still, you did well by partnering with me in my hardship. And you Philippians know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you send gifts for my needs several times. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. But I have received everything in full, and I have in abundance. I am fully supplied, having received from Epiphanitis what you provided a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. 
And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. This here, as we are finishing up our series on Joyful, we come now to the fourth chapter here where Paul is now giving and writing this letter to the people at Philippi. We're going to walk through this, and we're going to answer the question, because if you are like I am, some of these scriptures, he said something so unique. He said that he has learned the secret to being content, but he also talked about in 2 Corinthians all that he's gone through, and I haven't gone through probably any of that. But he was content through it all. So I wanted to learn, well, what's your secret? And that's my title for this message today. That's what we're going to talk about today. What is the secret to being content? Pray with me. Father, we thank you. We magnify your name, Lord. We appreciate this opportunity to speak and reveal revelations that you have given to us on this word. I pray, Lord, that your people, your children, will leave here different than what they have come in, God. I pray that they will leave full and joy, full of joy, God, and that they will leave content learning this secret that Paul has learned. Lord, we pray that you would have your way today, that you would speak through me. I pray, Lord, for the anointing that makes preaching and teaching easy. We decree and declare, Lord, that all is well and it is so. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. So I know we started out a little different than what we're used to, uh, but that's all right. Because if you don't know who Paul is, I thought it was important for us to read or to hear what he has gone through, because what he has gone through is really what makes this letter so impactful. But let me set up the stage for you, right? Here it is, this most joyful letter that Paul has ever wrote in the fourth chapter of Philippians here to the people at Philippi. Uh, I want you to understand where he is. Paul at this time is locked up. He is in jail, right? And, and I, if, you, if you know anything about the Bible, if you don't understand about the story of Paul and Silas, this is not the first time that he has been locked up. And before, when he was locked up in the same place, you know, they was worshiping, and then the, the, the prison doors opened up, and they fell, and they got out. They broke out. So if I can use my spiritual imagination, I'm sure this time when they locked Paul up, they tried to make sure he wasn't going nowhere. They probably locked him down to every stable thing they could. Like, you ain't going to get out. But let me also help you to understand that he wasn't in a prison where he was sleeping on a mattress that was like pillow top foam, memory foam. He, that wasn't it. He wasn't eating tuna tartare and Ritz crackers and all that. I so said he wasn't eating peanut butter and jelly. He probably was eating whatever they gave him. And some of it probably was like the slops left over that the pigs didn't eat. If they even gave him something to eat. He was hot in the summer and he was cold in the winter. Nobody was coming to visit him and giving him all these good treats. It wasn't that. This was a hard time. But even in the midst of all of that, he still wrote this joyful letter. 
Yeah. Here it is. Uh, I have a question for you. If you were locked up, if you or I were locked up, would we be able to write a letter like this to encourage people who are outside of what we're going through to be so joyful and so content? Have you been able to really encourage somebody sincerely in the midst of your trials and tribulations? But Paul did. Let me help you understand. He's writing this letter to these people at the, 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 the Philippi, these people at Philippi. And this is a city, right? It's a city of Europe. It is also along this major trade route. So if you could just imagine, it's like a port. So you have a ton of people that's coming through, different religions, different people, colors, creeds, race, preferences, all that other stuff. And here it is. Paul is trying to teach them about this joyful Christ. What a task, right? But in there, he says, I have learned this secret to being content, and that's what we're going to talk about today. What is the secret to being content? What is this secret? So I have a few. It's not, the list is not in totality, but I just want to go ahead and give you a few so hopefully we can walk away at least with a blueprint. So let's go. What is the secret to being content? The first thing that we need to do, or the first answer I can give you, is that you and I must be thankful. We must be thankful. We must show appreciation for our help. Now, how do I know that? Let's go back to the word. Let's look at verse 10. Verse 10 says, I have rejoiced in the Lord greatly because once again you renewed your care for me. You were, in fact, concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. Here it is. Paul is showing us how we ought to be thankful for the support that we receive. Let me submit this to you, uh, that there must be an action beyond us just receiving our support. Let me explain what I'm saying. We have to do something more than just with our hands out receiving what people have given to us. After we ask or after it is given, we can't just walk away. There's some things that we have to do. There must be an action, something audible, something physical to show our appreciation for our support. One of the things is that we need to really start, and let's be real practical, right? I don't want to be too deep. But one of the things after you receive your support is that you and I need to be able to give a sincere thank you. Let let me help you. We have to be able to give a sincere thank you. And I'm saying it this way because sometimes we receive support and it might not be as much as we wanted or might not be all that we needed. It might not foot the whole bill, but somebody has given us support. And sometimes begrudgingly we'll walk away and say, oh, thank you. Because sometimes some of us take for granted that the support has been given to us because the person had whatever they gave us in abundance. That's not true. Sometimes people give support out of obedience and sacrifice. Yeah. We cannot take for granted that they have given support because they have had an abundance to do so. 
So when any time you give support, whether it foots the whole bill or not, you ought to give a sincere thank you. Secondly, you need to use our support for what it is intended for. Let me say it again. We need to use our support for whatever it is intended for, whether it's monetary, physically, spiritually, emotional support. Whatever the support is, we need to be able to use it for what it is or has been intended for or what it has been given for. Because one of the the worst things that we can do, that you and I could do, is to squander the support that has been given to us. Okay, let me help you. Let me come down your block a little bit. Because we've all done it. You've ever had support. Let me just use this example. Let's say somebody, like a church or something else, gives you some money to help you pay for your mortgage. And then what you do is you take it, you have it, but you say, well, what I'm going to do is I want to go to Wawa, and I'm going to go get me a hoagie for tonight, and then I'm going to use the rest of it to pay the mortgage. Come on, we've all done it. Maybe it wasn't wild, wild. Maybe, well, you know, you put in there what you want, right? And then when a person comes back and they say, hey, did you pay your mortgage? You say, well, yeah, you know, I, I, paid, I paid most of it. Now, they're like, what? What do you mean? I gave you the money. Well, I had. Crazy part is this is what we do to God as well. God sends us some stuff and then we squander it. And then we have the audacity to say God didn't. Answer our prayers. Whoa, that's not my sermon. I got to come off of that. That's not it, right? <laughs> Lord, have mercy. All right. Uh, let me also help you here. In being thankful, right, what helps us to be thankful for our support is to remember this one little thing. Let me say it because I don't want to offend anybody. But what helps you to be thankful when you are dealing with somebody who has given you support is to remember that God is always in control. Let me, let me say it again. What will help you to be thankful for whatever support you get is to remember that God is always in control. And the reason why that's important because it will help you to remember that nothing happens by chance. Amen, somebody. Because it was God's divine plan that dropped you and I into the spirit of the people that helped us. Yeah, come on. It it wasn't by chance that the person helped you. Even though you may have asked, I'm pretty sure God has softened their heart to say yes. Uh, Yeah, and and it's also God that hardens the heart to say no. But that's a a story for another day. Listen, let let me help you. Let me make this real. Let me use a real life situation. I remember, you know, what's so great about Sundays, right? What I love about Sundays is that you know, either before church, during church, or after, hopefully it's like the beginning, not in the middle, right? Uh, we sit up there, we plan what we're going to do. And one of the most fun things I like to plan is like to plan what I'm going to eat afterwards. <laughs> like, what restaurant I'm going to go to? What are we going to do? Oh, we're going to eat good, right? You know? I, oh, I'm going oh, to cook this. I'm going to do, mm, we, oh, we're going to go to this restaurant, right? That's the fun part about church, right? It's the planning afterwards. But I remember there was a season in my life when I couldn't plan because I didn't have the finances. And guess what? I didn't even want to go home because I didn't have food in the refrigerator to even do that. I'm Okay, I had food, but nothing went together, right? 
Like, so, like I had milk, but I ain't had no cereal, right? I had like bread, but I didn't even have no peanut butter and jelly, right? I, I did have like a can of tuna, but dry tuna and dry bread is like a choking hazard, right? So you know, that, that ain't even going to get, because I ain't had no mayonnaise, right? So it wasn't going together. And, and I remember there was a time where my spiritual mother, we was at church, and she said, hey, I'm cooking tonight. She said, why don't you come on over? And she said, you can have dinner with us. I want you to come over. And I said, oh. And, I, you know, modestly, I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I'll be there. On the inside, I was like, yes, oh, my God. Because <laughs> I was starving. <laughs> and here's the thing. She kept doing that. Like, you know, she, she was a great cooker. She was from down south, so I was eating real good. I probably gained weight, but that's no problem. Uh, so, so here it is. She kept doing that. She kept doing that. She kept doing it periodically throughout the week. I made this. Come get it. Yes, I'm there. Every time she called. But the most amazing part was that she was fulfilling a need I never articulated. I never told her that I was hungry and I didn't have the money to get food. But God placed me on her heart to fulfill the need. He placed me on her heart so she could support me in my time of need when I didn't even articulate it yet. I hadn't even asked it. I haven't even even told anybody, not even my best friend. But that's the type of God we serve. And that's why we ought to be thankful because God puts us on the hearts of people to give us support. Before you spend or before you use your support, let's make sure we give God our Father a sincere thank you and seal it with some praise. Because the answer to what is the secret to being content, number one, is to be thankful. Number two, which is a little hard, but don't hurt me, okay? Number two is hard. But number two is to be content. Let me say it again. The second answer to what is the secret is to be content. Uh-huh. To be content where you are today. Let's, let's go back to the Bible so I can show you how I got this. Let's look at verse 11, all right? Philippians 4, verse 11. It says, I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. This is what Paul said. New Testament being written in Greek, I looked up the Greek word for content to figure out what it actually meant. Because I wanted to really know what is, it, what is he saying to be content. And, and I found out that the Greek word for the content is this word case. Yeah, yeah. It's the Greek word case. The definition is meaning to be self-sufficient or sufficient. Right? Now, here's the thing. Paul says, I have learned to be content, not because he was self-sufficient in himself, but he has learned to be content because he was self-sufficient because of the power of Christ at work in him. Mm -hmm. It wasn't him himself. 
Because as we already heard from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he has gone lacking some things. And if it was up to you and I, we would never lack anything and we would have everything that we ask for and desire. But let me submit this to you that being uh, content doesn't mean that everything is great or that all your needs have been met. It's not the I'm going to fake it till I make it. It's not the I'm going to pull everything together and put on a fake smile. uh, Or it's not settling for things to just be okay. It is full self-sufficiency in Christ that he has you and I. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I have everything I need because I have Christ. Yeah, yeah. That that was a good place for somebody to say, thank you, Jesus. Because, and I went, yes, sir. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We're not talking about the things that you want. I want a Mercedes, but I got a Chevy Impala outside. Oh, man, I wish I could run. What I'm trying to get you to understand is sometimes we complain because we don't have the things we want, but God has been so faithful and the God of his word is such a great father that he has given us everything that we need. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good God Almighty, I, man, we, we are some spoiled children because we have everything we need, but because we know we serve a father that has unlimited resources, we still think he should give us what we want as well. Yeah, that's why we throw temper tantrums every chance we get to talk about God isn't fair. But when you look around and you survey over your life and what you have, we, you and I are in good places because if you want to, you can literally turn on the news and you'll see campaigns to give money for children and people in other countries that don't have half of what we have. So all I know is I serve a God that supplies all my needs. And if you think about it, he's also given us some of our wants. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's go a little further. <laughs> let's look at verse 12. 12 through 14 says, I know how to make do with little. This is what Paul says. And he says, I know how to make do with a lot. And in uh, uh, any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Then he, says, he ends it by saying, still you did well by partnering with me in hardship. So here it is, we see that Paul is saying that no matter what happened, Paul was content. Yeah. So he says, after I've been all of that shipwrecked, beat with rods, I've been stoned, I have been received 39 lashes five different times, I received or experienced all of these dangers, I am still content. Good God Almighty. He says, I've been hungry and I've been thirsty, but I'm still content. So in other words, what he's trying to tell us is no matter whether I have cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, or any other sickness that the doctors have diagnosed you with, you ought to be content. Whether you go to the doctor and they say you have perfect health, you ought to be content. Whether you have a lot of money in the bank or you only have a dollar in the bank, you and I ought to 
to be content. Whether we are struggling today with the sin that we keep struggling with or we're victorious today over the sin that we keep struggling with, we ought to be content. In other words, no matter what comes our way, no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in, we ought to be content. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we, 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 we ought to be, be content because uh-huh, in verse 12, Paul says that he has learned the secret to being content. And we're answering that, but I want to submit to you the ultimate answer to what is the secret to being content is Christ. Good God Almighty, that's a good place to say thank you, Lord. Uh, Christ is the one who is the answer to being content because through Christ, uh, is, he's the one who gives us strength to do the impossible. Yeah, you can't go through what Paul does or has gone through on your own strength. You need something supernatural, something divine, which is Christ to help you to go through Yes, sir. That's why it says in verse 13 that I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. And let me help you right here. Uh, Let me mess with your theology just a little bit. See, because when I was growing up in church, in in the type of church that I was going to, not here at Central, maybe, maybe not, I don't know, right? So the church I was going through, this scripture was weaponized. This scripture was used as a weapon, and it gave us a false sense of security in Christ. Because what it did is, it made us think we could do anything as long as we put the scripture to it. I could become a doctor, but I ain't go to medical school, but I could do all things with Christ who strengthens me. I could be a millionaire, but I don't even know how to save 50 cents, but I could do all things with Christ who strengthens me. This scripture is so much more than just a weapon to sit up here and talk about or to, uh, uh, to use it as a justification to do what others say we can't do. This scripture here is to show us the strength that we have only when we are stayed in Christ, when we are connected to the vine. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. It is a scripture to help us to understand that we have to endure when we want to give up or that we can endure when we want to give up, that we can be joyful when everything else around us is depressing and chaotic. Yes, sir. It is a scripture to show that we can be content in the midst of great need. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we must be content where we are today. Not, not in the future, but where we are today. Yes, sir, somebody say today. Yes, sir, we must be so, so self-sufficient in Christ that our circumstance doesn't cause us to doubt God or become discouraged. That's hard. Because sometimes when you wake up, You remember what you went to bed to. You remember that you went to bed to a shutoff notice of some type of uh, electronics or or, or electricity, water, right? You went to bed knowing that there wasn't nothing in the refrigerator. You went to bed knowing you needed gas in your car, but you don't have the money to put it there. Hoping that the next day God would do something overnight. 
But we should be so self-sufficient in Christ that when we wake up and face life, it doesn't cause us to doubt that he is still able to do exceedingly and abundantly. Yes, sir. Above all that we could ever ask or think. Good God Almighty. And I got a wild imagination, so if I can think it, I serve a God that can exceed that. Ooh, that, that gets me excited. It ought to get you excited because I know everybody in here has a petition before the Lord. I'm not the only one. But we serve a God that can answer that petition and blow your mind. Yeah, okay. All right. Let me move on. So what is the secret to being content? We have to be thankful. We have to be content with where we are today, not tomorrow, today. Thirdly, we must be selfless. Uh-oh. We must be selfless. You telling me to be content, I got to be selfless? Yes, because the secret to being content is that it ain't all about you. It ain't about you just receiving. A part of being content is being selfless, being able to do for others. And let me show you how I, I got that. I'm telling you, it's in the Word. Let's look at verse 17, right? Verse 17, Paul says, not, and he's talking to the people at Philippi. He says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. Here, Paul is modeling a selfless act. Paul wasn't so much interested in the gift itself, but the increase of their fruit with God. Yes, sir. In other words, he was more interested in the reward that they would get from God for their obedience. Oh, good God Almighty. Paul understood the sacrificial obedience and their giving would yield them a greater reward which only comes from God. He said, you have given me support, but that's not the part that's exciting me because you've been there for me. What's more exciting to me is the fact that out of your obedience, God is about to blow your mind. I'm in need, but I'm excited about your need being met. When was the last time that you received support, but you were more excited about what God was about to do in the lives of the people and the person who supported you over what you were able to do with the support given to you? Selfless. It ain't a whole lot of amens because this is not a strong suit for most of us. From the pulpit to the door. Yeah. See here, the Philippians didn't give out of their abundance, but they gave out of their need. (laughs) Yeah. It was a sacrifice toward what they believed in. Yeah. It wasn't that they said, let's tap into to our reserves of $4 million and support Paul. They said, listen, go home. Check and see what you got in your cupboards. Whatever it is, come and get it. So they got together and said, listen, I got a block of cheese. Well, I got a half loaf of bread. I got a can of soup. I got a jacket. I got some shoes. 
They all got together and then they helped. It wasn't out of abundance. It was out of what they needed. Sometimes, yeah, help me, Holy Ghost. Sometimes God will ask you to help somebody else while you're in need. God, good God Almighty. Here's the thing. The reason why they did it and they did it without being all upset was (laughs) because they believed in the ministry of Paul. Let me let that sink in. They gave out of their need because they believed in the ministry of Paul. Here's where it's going to hurt. Have we not given because we don't believe like we say we do. Have you not given to your church because you don't believe like you say you do? Ooh, it's quiet. Yes, sir. You can't say that you believe in the vision and won't be willing to sacrificially give to it. Selfless. It's hard. It ain't easy. That's why it takes Christ to work in us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, come on. I'm coming to a close here, right? Listen, we have to give knowing that we are going to be taken care of. How do I know that? Because you and I should be a selfless giver because God will take care of us. My my last verse, verse 19 says, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Paul encourages them by letting them know that God will supply all their needs according to his riches and glory. (laughs) How much easier, if that's even perfect English, But how easier should it be for you to support knowing that when you do it, God is going to have a reward bigger than what you've sacrificed? Amen, somebody. Don't just allow yourself to receive. Put an action in place and give a sincere thank you. Be content with where you are today because Christ is the one that gives you strength to be able to do the impossible. And then when you get that down, learn how to be selfless. It's okay to pray that God would replenish and restore for the people who have given you support. What's the secret to being content? being thankful, being content, and being selfless. Ultimately, the true and unwatered-down answer is Christ. Are you joyful today? I hope you got something out of this word.